All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. We've got JJ Jackson from Locked On Blue Devils in the building, and I have got a show for you. We've got to talk about Wake Forest. We've got to talk about Florida State. But, oh, it's basketball season on the horizon, so you know we got to talk to the one whose team is sitting at the top and whose player is, ne- is a preseason player of the year. We've got to have all of that conversation today. I can't wait. Come enjoy the ride. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. JJ Jackson in the building, Locked On Blue Devils podcast. He is joining the show to give us some good, good when it comes to ACC sports news. We got Wake Forest, Florida State, a little bit of Syracuse maybe here or there. We'll dabble in that. But also we got some basketball, which I know we both enjoy because we have two schools who actually are good at basketball. And <laughs> Duke. JJ, how was your weekend? I had a good weekend, Candace. Got to spend some time with family. And, of course, there were sports to be played. So I was tuned in. We saw a lot of uh, great football across the country. What an intriguing game we saw Saturday night between NC State and Miami, among uh, several other great games in the ACC. No doubt. And, you know, I think for Duke's sake, it was about time for a bye. It, it yeah. was fine. They needed just a reset, a regroup, a refocus. I'm sure you enjoyed that just as much as they did. Oh, yeah, for sure. Get a little break. Uh, not as dialed into one team in particular and able kind of just to sit back, relax, know that you won't be stressing out over a Duke football game. Uh, so it was a great feeling on Saturday, but I tell you what, uh, after you watch all the other teams play, you kind of get a fix of like, all right, I want to see my team play now. And so uh, excited to see the Blue Devils get back out there this weekend, albeit they're playing one of the top teams in the entire country at this point and definitely in the ACC and Wake Forest. So should be fun this upcoming week nonetheless. No doubt. And as JJ mentioned, Duke will play Wake Forest this coming weekend. But let's talk about that Wake Forest team who currently sits at 7-0, number 13 in the country. They took down Army. It was a great game. It was much all much offense, very little defense. Listening to Coach Clausen's presser and talking about how they just had an excellent day offensively and struggled mightily on the defensive side. And that's what we've been used to seeing, I think, personally from the Demon Deacons. Like the defense hasn't been up to snuff with Sam How Sam Hartman. Oops, there it is. Sam Hartman and company, but 458 yards on the day. Like that's nothing to sniff at, right? Like he seriously has shown major growth opportunities. What were your thoughts on the game? Were you surprised at how, you know, offensively strong it was? Or were you kind of like, you know, listen, I was expecting a little more defense. I think there were so <laughs> many statistical anomalies in this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I love kind of the opening of, of you kind of read the gamer from the AP that uh, Dave Clawson summed it up with one word. And that was just wow. After the fact, when you look at this, a career high 458 passing yards for Sam Hartman to go along with five touchdowns. Look, Army is a triple option team. They run the football. That is their thing. They run the football. The clock is going to be moving. They were super competitive early which kind of caught me by surprise. But, Candace, you look at this. Wake Forest scored 70 points on Saturday, and they didn't even have the ball for 18 minutes. Like, the time (laughs) of possession correlation to points scored is, like, unbelievable when you look at what Wake Forest was able to do. I'm wondering, though, if that's a bad sign for Army's defense or that literally is just you can't create a better offense. You can't have a better day offensively than Sam Hartman and his squad did. I I, I wonder what the like 
maybe there's just something to Sam just feel really fit, firing from all cylinders and just having one of his very mature, one of his most mature games of his career. I think it's got to be a little bit of both, right? I mean, I think you saw a couple of like big play um, touchdowns for Wake Forest, but also you saw a couple of drives that they were moving the ball in bulk in good plays down the field. But uh, time-wise, it wasn't taking that long. They were scoring quickly with the game clock. And so with that in mind, they got off the field. The defense went back out there. The Army offense went back out there. And so that's why we ended up with such a discrepancy in time of possession. I've really never seen anything like that again. Just over 17 minutes with the football, and they put up 70 points on the board and won. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Wake Forest currently sitting at number 13, as I mentioned, the highest ranking they've had since around the 1940s. And I'm just trying to figure out who is going to take them down. Are they going to slip up? They don't have that many games left. I feel really good about them. They face Duke, Carolina, NC State, Clemson, and Boston College to end their season. I'm feeling like Duke, Carolina, Boston College, and damn it, if I don't say Clemson as well because I've given up on DJ – they might go, they might, NC State might want a revenge after losing that one in Miami, but I feel like they're, they could have an undefeated season. Yeah, for definitely. I mean, it, look, at, at this point, to be <laughs> over halfway finished without a blemish on your record, still perfect. Yeah, absolutely. You're capable of finishing unbeaten. But there's that three game stretch on the road in Chapel Hill, playing NC State, and then on the road in Clemson, South Carolina. Those three games in particular are going to be difficult. If you can get through that, you are well-deserving of being crowned the best team in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I don't know if they can necessarily do that. I totally could see that being a game that North Carolina kind of gets their swag back and reminds people that, by the way, they were picked 10th in the entire country before the season got started. Still have one of the top quarterbacks talent-wise in Sam Howe on the field. Could see that game going in their favor. As you said, NC State's got to have an ugly taste in their mouth after what they did on uh, Saturday versus Miami. Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback, he's got to be loving life right now, backing up everything <laughs> he said. That guy was a million bucks walking around yeah. Miami after the fact. Uh, and then it's Clemson. Look, Dabo Sweeney, at the end of the day, is going to motivate his team, and we'll see if they're able to kind of make a second-half turnaround in the, the season here. Yeah, listen, I think that Boston College is going to be one where they have a gimme, but I just, the, as much junk as I talked about Coach Clausen and just being like, eh, they're just there. They're just right. like the Duke, the Duke adjacent, right? In terms of just being a private school, you know, they it's a job that you don't necessarily love, but it's one that you'll take and kind of move around. But hey, you made a fool out of me this season as a uh, grad school alum. I'm sitting here like, oh, go Deeks. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's rah around the team. But I also wanted to meet, mention Florida State game. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but they played UMass. They dominated 59-3. It seems like they're finally starting to get a rhythm and get back in motion, and they face a Clemson team going into this weekend. But Florida State, to me, is finally starting to feel it. They're, maybe they're starting to buy in with Coach. Like There's been a lot of conversation on whether or not he had the team, and it looks as if now that Jordan Travis is kind of the guy, it's a lot easier for them to roll, right? There was that whole conversation about Mackenzie Milton and him dealing with injuries and not necessarily being the guy anymore, but Jordan Travis kind of taking this team to that next level. What are your thoughts around those Seminoles? Yeah, I'm just glad you took care of business. I mean, you weren't able to do that earlier in the year versus Jacksonville <laughs> State. And so, you know, you see UMass on the schedule, that really should be like a no contest. Like you should not be worried about that whatsoever. 
But considering how you played earlier in the year against a team like Jacksonville State, you got to pause for a moment and make sure you can take care of business. Florida State was able to do that. Jordan Travis played well. The freshman quarterback came in to play Purdy, uh, going five for five through the year with two touchdown passes. That was impressive to see him get some playing time against a team like UMass. So uh, tip of the cap to Florida State because they got the job done. Absolutely. Also, shout out to Deshaun Corbin, who I think 11 carries 127 yards on the day. That's was pretty, day. pretty impressive. Now, I will say, the guy who proposed at a Jacksonville State game, he should have saved it for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like he should have saved it for this one. You should have known you would have beat a UMass. Like, maybe he could do a redo, like bring the fail. It's closer to Thanksgiving time, right? Like, the, all the state fairs are happening. Right. So, I'm just, I think I'm just giving a PSA for like, fellas, you know, make sure next time. Circle the calendar from one of those games that you just know kind of have that environment that you feel like a little more confident. <laughs> Let the team fester out a little bit. Did a, did a redo pop into the mind <laughs> of the Florida State football player when he saw the U.S. game on the schedule? You know, this engagement day, as we discussed earlier in the year, the best day of your life oftentimes that you're going to think on until you get married, actually. And, and, you know, that went so bad because Jacksonville State <laughs> won the game. So maybe he should have thought about doing it again. <laughs> he absolutely should. All right, we got a couple more games we want to go over here before we jump into basketball. This episode today is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com and tell them we sent you. Why? Because they are a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. you got to explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto part needs. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. When you go, again, to rockauto.com, you write locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. All right, college sports fans, if you like football, I'm here to tell you about Prize Picks, the daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry because it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's right. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more than college football props than any offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all-star players as well as some of the guys you've never heard of in those mid-major programs. It's safe. It offers fast withdrawals. All you have to do is use the award-winning app on both the App Store or if you have Google Play, don't hesitate. Check out the prices. Use promo code Locked On, and you go to that App Store, download it, and make sure you are good to go at prizepicks.com. All righty, we're with J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils, and we are going through some of these great games from Week 8. I can't believe we're in Week 8. It kind of just, like, doesn't hit at times because I'm like, okay, the season is definitely rolling. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about 10 games. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about 12 games, and we're going to get ready for championships. But no there is one guy I want to mention, Brennan Armstrong, who had himself yet another day against Georgia Tech which I'm just like, okay, I'm finally figuring out that Jeff Sims can have accuracy when he wants to and when he doesn't, right? But I certainly feel like the Virginia Cavaliers defense are starting to figure it out. They are a team that is coming together nicely and they're completing games. They're still wanting to be in the hunt of that coastal conversation. Britain's arm, he is considered now the top passer in the nation, right? Can't argue with that. I know tomorrow, giving a little tease, we're going to have a conversation with A.J. Black about Sam Hartman versus 
Brendan Armstrong for the best in the conference. So you don't want to miss that. But I want JJ here to talk to me about these Cavaliers team as someone who covers a team in the coastal. Do you feel like confident in Virginia making an, making a case for themselves going through the season? Do you, how big of a win was this Georgia Tech matchup? It was definitely big, and it's definitely further proof that Brennan Armstrong is the real deal. 396 yards passing. The numbers continue to add up. Four touchdowns through the year. 99 rushing yards, just one shy of the century mark to go along with two scores. I'm glad he was able to kind of get his because we mentioned Duke a little bit earlier. He didn't really have to get his versus the Blue Devils because it wasn't competitive. And I am such a stats guy, Candace, that I get a little upset when you have such a great game that your numbers are a little below average because you don't need to be out there. So I right. love seeing Armstrong dial up the scoreboard, dial up the stats once again with the terrific performance. Virginia's good, 6-2 and two overall, 4-2 and two in the league, with Pittsburgh still remaining on their schedule. A lot of what they want to play for is still out for grabs for them, and I'm excited to see how these final four weeks go for them. It is worth noting, though, for Virginia – Three of their last four games of the season right now are against top 25 teams. That's a tall ask for Bronco Mendenhall and his club. Listen, and you mentioned that. Let's talk about the fact that they had to play BYU this weekend, and then they play Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. But for me, I look at Virginia like it's all about what you want to do. What team do you want to be? You have the weapons in front of you offensively. Can you stay in the conversation defensively? But if you look at the Pittsburgh matchup, I'm circling that because somebody's going to jack it up. Like I think either Brennan's going to have the game in his life, Kenny's going to have the game in his life, or somebody's just going to have a really off day. (laughs) You know, can't get anything going because you have very mature leaders on that side of the ball. And so who is just going to stumble? Is it going to be the defense that we haven't really got the opportunity to really hype up Virginia or Pittsburgh defense the same way we probably have in the past. And, you know, I look at the Coastal just overall, I'm like, man, I wish we were talking about Sam Howell. (laughs) No, for real. And and Sam is so good, and there have been so many issues with North Carolina that we've discussed um, this season. We'll see what they're able to do to close out the year. But that Virginia-Pittsburgh game in particular, the quarterback is the biggest topic that we want to discuss going into this with Pickett versus Armstrong. And that one, and oftentimes we talk offense, offense, offense. And I'm reminded of three or four years ago, Candace, we were going into a Super Bowl that was played between Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and then hot shot Jarrett Goff and the Los Angeles Rams, right? The young quarterback that Jarrett Goff was, not many people knew about him. Oh, my gosh, Sean McVay, his offense is electric. We are going to see points in the Super Bowl. What was the final score of that game? 13 to 3. Like <laughs> offense was just non-existent. And, and too yeah. many times in football, we find ourselves in those positions where those defenses have got to be a little upset. If all we're going to talk about is Armstrong and Pickett, they're going to want to have themselves a game in a day so true. that it is a lower scoring football game. And we are talking about defense after the fact. So I'm just excited to see how how that one plays out. Yeah, listen, as a Coastal, because it's crazy, it's going to probably be the worst offensive performance from both, just because that's what it is. We've been <laughs> hyping it up. I think all the predictions we've had up preseason haven't panned out, because of course I chose Wake Forest to be the number one team in the Atlantic. Everyone said that. We all knew that. Right. But, you know, just rounding out the football conversation, how did you feel about Week 8? Were there teams that you were just like, okay, this is just who they are. I'm not feeling any positive about them. Or were there teams that were like, okay, they're still in it. I'm feeling a little bit better than I did the week before. 
really stunned that Clemson lost again, right? I mm. know that it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's good, but I just – I really thought Clemson would start to figure it out, and the fact that DJ got benched I think is absolutely significant, and we'll see how the Tigers continue to improve throughout. Super thrilled for Syracuse. Tyler Aki and those guys with Locked on Syracuse. I mean, you guys were talking last week on that show you did with them. How many three-point games were they in this week? And uh, for a moment, I thought I was looking at a 41-38 score and thought it was right. another game. But it was a six, not an eight, so they won by five, 41-36. But yeah. good to see Syracuse come out on the winning end. And then I'm going to be honest, like I said a little bit earlier, at the time I heard people talking about Tyler Van Dyke's comments come on, bro, you're a freshman, you weren't really playing in the game last year versus mm-hmm. NC State. I get it. But yeah. let's give the dude his praise, right? For sure. Because that For was sure. the best – he was throwing the football. It's not like a quarterback that was just handing the football off every single time. He right. just happened to make plays um, that Dave Doran still has not beat Miami yet. That's still the one hurdle he's got. He's knocked off Clemson this year, but still can't beat the Hurricanes. So that's probably some of my bigger football takeaway. I know that was a lot, but no, I, I love it. Duke I love didn't it. play Candace, so I got to watch a <laughs> lot of different ACC games this weekend. Yeah, no, listen, I want to pull out the one thing about Clemson. You saw DJ get benched. Do you feel like maybe Clemson's not the place for him? As someone who gets to have a little taste in the SEC world, do you feel like maybe this isn't his home, right? Maybe this is not the place where he's going to thrive the best. Again, I'm going to go back to, uh, look, we see the quarterback carousel every year at this point. It's going to continue, so possibly that could be the case for DJ. Such high expectations. This guy had NIL deals like crazy. I think there was like some significant Dr. Pepper deal that he had signed. Have you seen his Dr. Pepper commercial? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's killing it, right? He's not on the football field where he needs to. And right, so right. I don't know if it takes a reset. Uh, last week, you had another, I mean, here on Locked on ACC, folks can listen to the podcast wherever they get them. You guys had a good talk at Syracuse, right? Tommy mm-hmm. DeVito already entering the trance. If quarterbacks don't play, Candace, it's not just an SEC thing anymore. I yeah. noticed that it is becoming a college football thing because Garrett Schrader at Syracuse, an SEC guy, from Mississippi State. If quarterbacks don't play, peace, I'm out of here. Let me find yeah. a new home. Yeah, and I think with DJ, with the, I, I said it yesterday, I think it really depends on who is going to be that USC coach. Cali is his place. It might be a better fit where he can thrive, be a little closer to home, be around his roots, get those NIL deals. It's like that's a common place at the US, USC type place, right? That school is in LA, right? right. It's around Hollywood celebrity type stuff. Clemson, they're football and that's all, right? You come there to focus. And I think when Tony Elliott made the comment about NILs being a distraction, that was like, ooh, that was a slight dig. Like, he caught a stray because <laughs> your boy was on the Dr. Pepper commercial. So it's like, it's pretty clear what you're talking about when we go let that <laughs> yeah, slide. <exactly. laughs> but I just think it's really interesting how he hasn't transpired. And I say every week, like, okay, this is going to be the breakout. And it has not been. And I'm done saying it. I feel like he is just, this is not for him. And I hope he finds the better home or there's some changes, you know, going around from a staffing standpoint, because maybe it's not him. Like Maybe he does just need a different coaching set of eyes, all of that good stuff. But we'll have to see. But you are right. When we're talking about quarterbacks and a freshman quarterback and Tyler Van Dyke, I was in here saying, oh, big dog, you talking real (laughs) tough. (laughs) Like for someone who didn't play, I was like, oh, you feeling it real bold. But I'm 
can't be mad at the kid, right? That's the whole point of this. You playing for a Miami team, you're supposed to have that kind of confidence. That was the first time I felt we felt the energy of Miami swag all season. Like, I haven't felt like they really – the the U is back. We don't even have to go that far, but you can sit there and say, like, damn, okay. I, that's some brass brass knuckles, and I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. I'm Every here for time, the energy. Every time they needed a drive, he came up with it. Miami was running the football well. Yep. NC State had some costly mistakes that they will obviously look at the tape and be a little upset about. There were drop passes. There were missed assignments on the defensive side of the football. But, uh, yeah, tip of the cap to Miami. They got it done. The U. <laughs> Somebody did not understand the assignment. All right, we got to flip and talk about some basketball. Our favorite time of the year is really close. We've got Coach K's final season on the horizon, but it wouldn't be complete unless we get you this quick little bit about sweat block. All right, we have so many different people who have tried sweat block for weeks now. We've been talking about sweat block. This, these wipes that stop sweat for seven days. Listen, and it seems to have been that you are listening. We have friends on Locked On who have tried Sweat Block and absolutely loved it. One of my friends who happens to be an athlete loves to use it because they overly sweat. They don't like to be the wettest person out there on the practice field. They feel like they're always just drenched. So we gave us, he told him to give Sweat Block a try. He tried it on his pits. The next practice, he was dry while everything else was wet. Okay. Guess we should have tried it on the other parts too, but that's all for next time. He didn't have to apply, reapply for nine days and now he is a true believer there you go locked on listeners loving sweat block it stops excessive sweat for up to seven days per use it's doctor created and doctor recommended not just armpits chest back feet everywhere and we do mean anywhere you want to use it when you sweat it's all good for you so you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat you have to check out sweat block get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com or use promo code locked on at cvs or amazon All right, so we're rounding out the show here with J.J. Jackson locked on Blue Devils, and we got to get some hoop action. I finally get to talk to you about some preseason polls here. Duke sitting at the top. A lot of people feeling a way about that because Duke normally sits at the top and they don't always get it done when the final standings come out. But as someone who reps their set, I would love to know why you feel like this Duke team is going to actually come through and really sit at number one when it's all said and done. Yeah, in the conference, certainly, I think the Stuke team is positioned for a really nice season, a really good run. Obviously, we've said it time and time again since April. This is going to be the last year that Mike Krzyzewski is the head basketball coach. I think that matters. I think this team is really buying into that and playing for themselves and for Coach K uh, and trying to get the job done. I think they are uh, frustrated for the performance that Duke had a year ago, again, for the first time in 25, 26 years. They did not make the NCAA tournament, had a losing record, and want to get back on the right side of things and play that Duke brand of basketball that we're so used to. It has long been understood that Duke does not care about the regular season in the ACC, Candace. I mean, they just don't. Plain and simple, they don't. That's always been the one knock on Coach K. But what does he do? He gets it done in tournament time. And the last time I checked, winning is all about the end of the season and how well you perform there. He's got the most ACC tournament championships of all time. He's got five national championships. I think Coach K is excited about this team he's putting together between the likes of Paula Bancaro. Trevor Keels is emerging uh, as we're getting ready for this upcoming season. And I can't say enough about the summer that Wendell Moore Jr. has had for a guy whose name is already known, already had a game-winning shot 
versus the Tar Heels in his freshman year. Like, I just think they're, they've got a good team. They're deep, uh, which you couldn't have necessarily said a year ago. I'm really excited to watch this team play. I don't think you understand how hard of a conversation this is for me to have with you. You know, it's for someone who I will, I want Coach K to go out on style, but maybe not like the tip top, you know, national <laughs> title style, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. But I think it should be fun, right? And you mentioned Paula. Please pronounce his name again because throughout the rest of the season, I need to make sure I get it right. See, I've heard too many different things. I've heard Paulo <laughs> Banchero and okay. Paulo Banchero. Okay. Uh, and so I think where it's going to be back and forth all season long. So. Cool. Let's find my, it's easier than Ugi Angalele. So I'm just 100%. like, I'll, I'll roll we'll it down. We'll get it down by the end of the year, Candace. We'll get it down. <laughs> right. If I got Chero and Chero going on, I'm absolutely yeah. going to like make that work. But no, he is also the ACC preseason player of the year, freshman of the year honors. He is one of those guys that everyone is talking about is going to be a star. And I would love to hear your thoughts about him and which, what do you think he's really going to bring to this conference this season? Yeah, taking advantage of NIL deals as well already, being represented by CAA, who represents Zion Williamson, another member of the Brotherhood. A.J. Griffin, another freshman for Duke, got a CAA deal as well. Paolo already has a deal with NBA 2K, Candice, which I okay. think is – what? Like 2K <laughs> is one of the most popular sports yeah. video games that is out there, and he becomes the first college athlete to sign an exclusive deal with him to be in the game a year early with his rights. And it's super cool, super forward thinking. Uh, that has nothing to do with what he's going to be on the basketball floor. <laughs> I just We were talking about DJ and Dr. Pepper earlier. So no, it's give, good. I want to yeah. give 2K some love. But no, he's 6'10". He can shoot the basketball. Uh, a lot of times Trevor Keels and his freshman teammates have been talking about the fact that Paolo kind of wants to pass too mm. much, which I think is interesting that he's mm -hmm. that creative and comfortable with the ball in his hands that he wants to set up other teammates. So he can really do it all. And at 6'4", 10, he's really going to be a physically imposing uh, force. I got to get my mind right because this really is going to be a special season. I'm over here thinking about the guys <laughs> at Chapel Hill. Like I watched some highlights and I'm all for Brady Manning and making those threes, but he's going to have to make a hell of a lot of them <laughs> this year. Like how consistent is Armando Baycott going to be up against a guy like Paolo? It's going to be a very good season. I think for anything, 2020 was not a reflection of who this – any of these teams are now, right? I think everyone has a chip on their shoulder. They didn't perform up to those standards. So it is going to be competitive. And I think that's what makes it most exciting because I know Commissioner Phillips is going to hate me, but I really do feel like this is a basketball conference. And we all know that we like hold true to some of our blue bloods and our staples making really good popcorn ready television for this season. I get why Commissioner Phillips made comments about wanting it to be uh, sure. so football centric, right? There's tons and tons and tons of money that can be made in football. I get that. Right. But also I do think, as you're saying, Candace, it is really important to buy in to the basketball side of things because the history has mm -hmm. always been on the ACC's level. The fact that in the top 18 in the first associated press poll of the season, notice I'm saying 18. In the top 18, there's right. only one team in the conference ranked. That is Duke. North Carolina comes in at 19. That's a problem. It shouldn't yeah. be that way. This ACC conference is much better than that. It has been over time. And hopefully by the end of the year, the ACC can pick up credit to a conference like the SEC, who has long been the king of the crop in football, now mm -hmm. has five teams ranked in the preseason AP poll for basketball. Why? Well, they're spending a lot of money on really good coaches to mm -hmm. come and coach in the SEC. So if that's something that needs to be changed in the ACC, I would do it because basketball should absolutely be a point of pride for this conference.
Absolutely. And we're getting a lot of coaching changes coming around. We're seeing some new opportunities on the horizon for a lot of these teams. And I th- still think there's some on the way. Eventually, Leonard Hamilton's going to have to go. Eventually, Bayheim's going to have to go. So there's a lot of good going on here. Yep. But listen, I'm I am excited to talk to you about all of this this season. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to have some strong conversations <laughs> throughout the basketball time. But if folks want to find you and listen to a little more exclusive Blue Devil action, where can they find you and follow your work? For sure. Getting ready for the upcoming season. We had some uh, super secret, not so secret scrimmages that took place over the weekend. <laughs> That's so funny in itself that a couple yeah. of years ago, you weren't able to do anything about it. Duke becomes the first school to actually post highlight videos over the weekend for a contest versus Villanova. North Carolina follows within 24 hours doing the same thing, like leading the charge there. So we're discussing that on Lockdown Blue Devils and getting ready for the big game this weekend versus Wake Forest on the gridiron. So uh, find us there wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Thanks, Candace. Yeah, of course. No doubt. Make sure you guys tune in to his podcast and you come back tomorrow because we got power rankings for week eight with AJ Black from Locked on Boston College. And then we've got Tyler Aki, as you know, and Drizzy Drake on Friday. Full slate of good games and previews to go over. So you don't want to miss that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And until next time.